0: The lead story is proudly brought to you by Alex Forbes. Alex Forbes, insight, advice, impact.
1: Welcome back to the Business Report. You're on Nova 1035. Our lead story this evening uh, is probably one that touches pretty much every one of you because it involves healthcare, uh, more specifically medical aid funds and healthcare providers. In other words, the doctors and then the organizations you rely on to make sure the doctors keep getting paid. For the services they provide now, uh, two of the biggest stories on the Future Media News website, and you can go check out our brand new website, futuremedianews.com.na. Two of the most popular stories on there at the moment, are in with reference to this particular angle, uh, joining me in studio now, Yvonne De Klerk, uh, the legal advisor to the NPPr and will or the NPpf, and we'll get to that in a second. Uh, but effectively, uh, the the the, the the standard of prices that have been established for healthcare providers has said right next year there's no increase. Evan, Is that how I'm understanding things? That, that is the origin of the heart
0: in, of the story. In, in a very small nutshell, yes. All right. So doctors
1: aren't getting a pay increase next year. Uh, you are the legal consultant to the NPPF. Just give us a, just a very brief description of the, 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 the function of the NPPF.
0: Yeah. Just on a correction there, sorry about that. Um, it's not the doctors not getting a pay increase. It's the members' benefits being cut. And and that's that's okay. quite important. So the NPPF is a Section 21 company that's been in existence for about twelve years now, and uh, they represent um, all the healthcare disciplines. It's a non-profit for all the healthcare disciplines. So the healthcare providers, in terms of the dentists, the optometrists, the psychologists, and so forth, are are members of the NPPF. and it and it promotes uh, essentially it 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 advocates for a sustainable private healthcare industry.
1: Okay, cool. So, so just perhaps give us a brief descriptor then of of uh, I've interpreted it one way. You're saying no, it's a, it's perhaps slightly different. So yeah. just perhaps give us an indication of what this seems to be the first time this announcement's been made by. M- 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 there's a lot of bodies involved here, and we just have to sort of map them out, yeah. like characters in a in a sitcom. Uh, who has said m- uh, benefits are being cut?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So there's quite a few players involved. So, essentially, there's two regulators, supposed, supposed to be regulators over medical aid funds. The one is NAMFISA, the Registrar of Medical Aid Funds, and the one is NAMAF. And NAMAF, in terms of the Medical Aid Funds Act, established in 1995, was supposed to, to, to regulate the conduct of medical aid funds by rules that it sets. But it's never set those rules. Instead, NAMAF, in the early 2000s, took on the role of taking the South African uh, benchmark uh, tariffs and starting adapting it for Namibia. And since then, it's been setting what is called a number of benchmark tariffs. And that uh, eases claims because there's a code to, to every tariff, but it also contains descriptors of procedures and treatments. And then it has a tariff coupled to each one of those. Um they, they do this um, without the express powers to do so. And then, of course, NAMOF is uh, just an extension of medical aid funds because it's a representative body of medical aid funds. So they do it for themselves. And uh, despite the fact that NAMOF has been informed by uh, senior counsel legal opinion that it's not allowed to do that and it's unconstitutional to set the benchmark tariffs, they continue to do that. And now for the first time, they've said that going into a next year – uh, members of the funds will know that every year their premiums increase um, and they get some benefit, which they don't know what it is. They only find out when they get the their invoice. Um, the benchmark tariffs is not going to be increased by any amount next year. They used to do it roughly by inflation, although in the general inflation is globally lower than medical inflation, healthcare inflation. Um This year, there's no increase. In fact, the funds came together and said that on many of the benefits, they're going to actually reduce. So in-hospital treatment is going to reduce next year substantially um, and and some more. That, I believe, still needs to be communicated with the members at this late stage. So uh, it's important to understand that if you say there's no increase in the tariffs, it essentially means that the members' benefits are being reduced because it's not being kept in line with inflation. Um, and, and there's a lot of politics and the way the the, the, the narrative goes out is important because NAMAF obviously plays the politics in terms of the doctors as the problem and that's why we brought out two press releases just last week uh, in terms of fraud, waste and abuse and they try to create a scapegoat from the medical profession by the, uh, via the medical professionals and that is just not 100% correct.
1: Okay. All right. So a bit just uh, on the term benchmark tariff, I mean, most people would... Know that if they go and see their doctor, there's a 450 buck uh, benefit uh, that the medical aid is prepared to pay for a doctor's consultation. That's what we're talking about. And then, if there's some procedures done in the room, then there's a tariff for injecting a vitamin B and a tariff for, and that's agreed to, or or that is that is given uh, without consultation to the medical industry.
0: Yeah. But you don't know what the tariff is for injecting a vitamin B because. Has you only know it? about the $400 because you've seen it on, a, on your doctor's uh, invoice before. So the benchmark tariffs have been assessed uh, many years ago by South African experts and it has been found to be set in an, way, uh, in an unscientific method without taking into account the input costs of healthcare services. And that's quite important because you can't run away from that. Every healthcare provider has got input costs and, uh, that, and and the, the, the remuneration must be relevant to that. Otherwise, they will not remain sustainable. So these, uh, after that assessment, uh, NAMAF decided to hide the benchmark tariffs. So not even the trustees of the medical aid funds can have access to the benchmark tariffs. The members cannot have access to the benchmark tariffs. They can speak to their doctor on a specific procedure and say, please log in with your practice number, which NAMAF gives you to see what a consultation is and the doctor will be able to do it in that specific case. But no independent person can actually take the benchmark tariffs. The registrar of medical aid funds who actually um, approves the benefits every year only sits with X times something, X, uh, 100% of X, or X fifty oh, percent right. so lower with than an X. index
1: as opposed to a, a gross amount. That exactly. You so the
0: members have no way of understanding what the actual nominal benefits are, and um, the biggest injury actually comes from the descriptor because you must understand the medical aid funds are financial service providers. They're also regulated by the financial service uh, authority, and they've been created the form open big four open funds have been created by the financial service industry. So they. They, they're insurers. They're essentially quasi-insurers. And uh, so their main aim, uh, if not 100% of their aim, is to, cut, is to curtail costs while still telling people that you will get a benefit. Uh, but the, the person obtaining the benefit, is, apart from the tariff, is being treated alongside a descriptor. And in South Africa, they have the, a very similar system, although it's open. And those descriptors, the treatment descriptor, the injection of a vitamin B, is decided upon by the actual professionals. The, the people that do brain surgery come together and say, this is what is needed to do brain surgery, not the financial service industry. And that is the case in Amoebio. So NAMOF has got complete control over the descriptors as well. So uh, for their benefit of cutting costs, they uh, mani- uh, manipulate that and 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 they, they don 't regulate the funds they are now moving very far into the regulation of healthcare providers while they are statutory regulators of healthcare providers
1: okay so we have three we have three big actors in this we have the the, the person who feels they need medical aid or medical services, the person who goes to see the doctor, we have the doctor, the medical um, health provider, and then we have the intermediary in that, which is the fund holder, for which for many people, medical access to private medical attention is only possible with these funds. And then we have the regulators on both sides, both the medical regulators as well as those that regulate the funds, plus NAMFISA. And then yeah. we have the owners of those funds who sit way in the background as shareholders and who obviously are looking for a return on the not inconsiderable capital that's yeah. being deployed at risk. Yeah, we have the potential for each of those three major actors to act badly a consumer yeah. to look to maximize the extraction of benefits over a year which has since covid we've seen worldwide consumers becoming much more aware of what's potentially there for them and if it doesn't get used it goes away we have doctors and medical aid providers including hospitals and other facility owners who are also incentivized you use the word sustainable but clearly it's a, there's an income that, that can be derived from understanding and perhaps not even gaming a system, but just optimizing a system. Um, we have much the same with tax, where we have tax avoidance and we have tax e- efficiency optimization. And then, of course, we've got the medical aid funds themselves, which are businesses and would like to be profitable and don't want to see all the funds being extracted in, in, a, in a single year or two. We understand somewhere there has to be a set of rules – and we're understanding that currently the way it's perhaps being applied from your perspective is not optimal. What would you suggest is the right way to deal with what now seems to be a situation where each of these actors can throw stones at each other and say, well, yeah. you're not and, – and each of them would probably be correct in some form or another. There's neither of these three sides are without sin. Um, how, how, do we, how do we fix this so that our private health care system doesn't become unsustainable?
0: Yeah, um, there's a crucial. Sorry again for the correction, but it's quite a crucial correction. The, the funds are not profit-driven entities. So, so, and, and perhaps the members need to understand that as well, because the funds do a type of insurance. You know, I collect funds and we we, we spread the risk in, in a broader pool. But uh, what, in, unlike an insurance entity, the the what is not claimed doesn't go to uh, a shareholder mm. or owner. There's no profit share. So what's not claimed remains in the fund, and um, it's, it's only the administrators of the funds who actually created the funds many, many years ago that get paid, a, a, that, that's operating in a, in a profitable or for-profit. Sure. Uh, so so in, in this whole cosmos that you described, it's only the administrator and the healthcare provider um, making a profit, providing a service for a profit. And, and it's perhaps important that the members understand that. To come to your question, it's a long way, sorry. Um, the reason why, and the funds analysts have, have done this study, the reason why we are seeing, uh, or the main reason I should say, we are seeing a, a, an extraordinary claims experience is because there are now far more healthcare providers, there's far more pharmacists, there's far more GPs than there used to be, far more specialists than there used to be, let's say, 10 years ago. So the availability of healthcare services and the type of healthcare services has expanded substantially. And that is the main driver of the claims increase. So it's, it's the frequency in which the members of the funds actually make use of their funds. The the healthcare provider, the GPX in, in sokopmund is not better off than he was 10 years ago. He still gets a fairly nominal same benefit from the service that he provides. And, and the, therein lies the problem. And instead of the funds addressing that problem, that there's far more healthcare providers and therefore far more utilization, they like to push the narrative of the healthcare providers are unscrupulous. They, they are guilty on fraud, waste, and abuse which we, it can never be denied that, that there are culprits out there. There's culprits in, in, in every profession, and that's why you have professional regulators because those guys are regulated by specific different bodies. But sadly now, the, the um, NAMAF, which was supposed to be regulating the conduct of medical aid funds vis-a-vis their members, so if you as a member are not, is not happy with how the medical aid fund is treating you, you should have been able to go to NAMAF. That's not the case because NAMF have never set rules. So you don't have protection there, and we've we've instituted quite a few complaints against medical aid funds at NAMFISA as well, and they said they don't have the powers to do anything. One of the funds just blatantly ignored their own rules, and NAMFISA a year and a half later said, well, we agree that they abused the rules, ignored their own rules, but there's nothing we can do. So both the patient of the healthcare provider uh, doesn't have any regulatory protection, Neither does his healthcare provider who's instituting a claim on his behalf because that's the direct claim system, which you need a practice number for. So you can immediately from that discussion, and I can go on and on, see that there's a a mismatch in what the laws actually intended to be the case. Professional regulators regulating professionals and medical aid funds only have – with the duty to administer the pool of funds. That's, that's the only duty, properly. And namaf regulating medical aid funds, we're just not doing. Instead, the system be, was turned right upside down, and namaf is now starting to become the regulator of healthcare providers. In the set, setting of benchmark tariffs and the, and the descriptors in the, in the benchmark tariffs, they took the monopoly upon themselves to do that, and everybody must just abide by what they say. The register of Medical Aid Funds have got no, no uh, clue because he doesn't have access to those benchmark tariffs. Um, So there's a a major um, misalignment in this whole process. So what needs to happen, and that is what we advised the previous minister of health, and unfortunately that initiative went dead, is that there must be a, a medical advisory board. And that must be one of the biggest boardroom tables that the country can get because there's quite a lot of players. And all the players must, in a systematic prescribed procedure, provide their input because there's obviously stresses. One wants to make more profit. One wants to pay less and that's a natural stress. Mm. Um, but they must then argue for what we call a, an ethical tariff. And once you have an ethical tariff, you are talking about the sustainability of the private healthcare industry, but also the sustainability of the funding industry. And that has never happened. And, and, and consultations are not happening. None of just, uh, took this upon themselves and is running with it. And there's currently a challenge, high court challenge against Namaf's powers to do that after many years of us struggling to get to that point, And hopefully that plays out to, to change the system so that all the parties come to the table. You as a member must have the right to also give input on your frustration with your medical aid fund and your expectations. The fund must be there. The healthcare provider must be there. The healthcare providers regulator must be there. Namaf was supposed to regulate the medical aid funds must be there and Amongst those parties, you will get to some point, you should get to some point where there's fairness in the system. And currently, the system is not fair. The medical aid funds are aware of that, and they use NAMAF to villainize the healthcare providers because they've got access to the members, they've got the database of the members. Nobody else can get to the members, so they can drive the political narrative far stronger. And then ultimately, the loser in this is the member of the medical aid fund.
1: All right, yeah, but we're going to have to leave it there. But I, uh, I, I would like to to close with a with a simple question: Is we've used the word sustainability a lot. Ultimately, any system that loses track can become unsustainable. Mm. Are we in any danger, immediate danger of, of either medical funds becoming unsustainable in the short term or the, the job of being a healthcare provider?
0: Both, both. We appreciate that the medical aid funds are experiencing an anomaly uh, going into their reserves. It has happened before COVID. You know, they, the blame is on the past two years, but that's not entirely true. There was many years back, Nafis already said you, you, you're going into your reserves. And if the past two years trends prevail, the medical aid funds will probably in four years have to start cutting serious benefits uh, or close down. Now, that we appreciate. But you have seen the the service providers putting up and, and, and spending their own money in terms of putting up medical centers, oncology centers, and many, many more specialists, eye specialists in town. Um, and those investments don't come cheap. They are extremely expensive. And, and that provides ultimately for Namurian people a uh, world-class uh, medical treatment, which we didn't have many years some years back and if if they can't get a return on those investments they're going to close down we we will see a large chunk of our private health care sector also going down so it is crucial for both these parties they dependent on each other that we start opening a table for discussion and not just have this one side dictating everything
1: all right yeah, we well, look forward to pursuing this, this isn't a discussion that's going to go away. We haven't even mentioned state healthcare uh, and the blend that must be there for both private and state healthcare to operate in the same ecosystem. We see what South Africa is doing with the proposed National Insurance Bill. That's
0: a long discussion we must have for sure. That is
1: uh, an almost scarier route to to, to start going down. So there's a lot to talk about here and I'm sure we'll unpack more next year. Thank you for joining us. Thank
0: Thank you very much. The lead story was proudly brought to you by Alex Forbes. Alex Forbes, insight, advice, impact.